The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. Happy weekend, and I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. You just love to be able to say happy weekend I first, do. don't you? Absolutely. Yes, and we yeah. do wish you all a happy weekend. Happy weekend. Absolutely. It's, it's the happiest weekend. It's the Northwest. We are it's that way. It's how we roll. Yeah. Okay. You okay. Know, I was, um, <laughs> I was, I, I was, uh, really? So That's quick. how we roll? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> okay. I was up uh, um, in the, in the San Juans uh, weekend ago. Yeah. And, um, uh, boating around mm-hmm. and, uh, had a, had some friends that had never been up there before. Okay. And they're just like, can't believe it you know it's just so breathtaking totally beautiful gaga. up yeah. there and on um, we were leaving head, ready to head back we're heading out of friday harbor and i saw mm-hmm. a whale watching boat okay uh, take off about the same time I'm like mm, i'm gonna follow, follow them so we did we followed them and, and actually it was going the same way i was going ended up heading over to deception pass which if right. you've ever been over deception pass oh, it's yes. just truly gorgeous gorgeous area it's a very narrow cut that goes underneath the, mm-hmm. the bridge there it's and, deceptive and a lot of current you know, yes. it's deceptive because um, I believe it was Captain Cook thought that was the great river that was going to go across the continent. And that's why it's called Deception Pass. He was convinced that was that was the one. He was wrong. And it wasn't. He uh, was wrong. But uh, anyway, but he probably found Camino. Was he thinking like by Astoria? Kind of like the like the Columbia. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. That's okay. That was the original thought. But gotcha. anyway, so right just before the bridge, we, we came across a big pot of orcas. And so oh, for my nice. friends who'd never been up there, this is like the perfect day. Yeah, they're having a, a thing that right. doesn't always happen. Exactly. Yeah. And so Unique there, event. there are rules about about mm-hmm. orcas. You have to stay, stay away. away. When, whenever I see them, and it's it's been, uh, you know, I see them fairly often, I turn off my depth sounder mm-hmm. because oh, yeah, the, it messes the, with the them. pinging can, right. can annoy them. Sonar. Um, I like to just very slowly motor ahead of where they're going to be and then I just shut the engines off completely and then they can just come by and I'm not bothering them right and they're not bothering and nobody's know, getting they're, hurt they're fine so anyway so we're, we do that and we're we're on the other side of the deception pass bridge and here come the orcas they're cruising mm-hmm. through there's a pod mm-hmm. of about seven of them and that's a good size group yep two guys on oh, no. jet skis no no are ripping 50 miles an hour Back and forth. Uh, there's a whole, there's a cluster of boats because there's usually they the orcas have a fan club. I mean, right, of course, boats. everyone's thrilled they're, to they're, see they're, them. They're all tucked over on one side of the pass to give these orcas room. Everybody's over on one side, no boats on the other right. side, except these two idiots that are going 50 miles an hour up and down, <sighs> back and forth, back and forth. People are waving at them, they're honking their horns, and they're absolutely 100% oblivious to what's going on. Do they not see the orcas, or are they doing it purposely to get close to them? Hard to know. No, they were just bombing. I think they didn't see, they didn't understand what's going on. No. and They thought everyone's like, look right. how friendly everyone is, waving at us. Right, right, exactly. I, I bring that up because with 
the, you know, the change in the pandemic and staycations mm-hmm. and things. Lots of people doing of stuff. Boats mm-hmm. are off the charts. Yes. The sales of RVs are off the charts. Mm-hmm. I saw an RV yeah. um, near Gig Harbor a couple of days ago that had burned to the ground uh, because obviously somebody had uh, forgot to turn the propane off you know, oh, when they're gosh. traveling. So boating has rules. Boating yes. has protocols. But yes. boating also requires a heavy dose of common sense and awareness of your surroundings. Yes. And when you're when you're going along, it's very easy to, if you're not paying attention, you could run over a seal. You could run yes, over a can. porpoise. You could run right straight into a pot of orca whales. Yes, my ex-husband know. did something like that. Well, there you go. And then he tried to say, oh, I just hit a bird. I was like, mm. that's not the yeah. amount of blood a bird makes. <laughs> oh. And that's, yeah, I was that's distressed. Awkward. I was super right, distressed. Right, right, yeah. Well, anyway, I just I'm bring it up because, because if, if you're thinking, hey, I'm going to go and get into boating, um, boy, certification at, is required for one. It is. You have to take a boater education course, but that does not teach you common no. sense. But it should become cruising, a, especially in the salt water, but also on lakes. Mm-hmm. You're cruising along. You see something. All of a sudden, a bunch of boats are stopped. Pay it's attention like, to that. Are they fishing? What are they doing? You know, yes. Why are they stopped? What's going on? And and slow down mm-hmm. until you can understand what's what's right. going on. And uh, it's just really important. And yeah. you know, just watch some YouTube well, become videos. A, become understand. a member of Arba. Yeah, become also. a student. Become a student yeah. of, of, of the sport, of, yeah. the, of the pastime. Arba's Recreational Boating Association of Washington, which, mm-hmm. by the way, we are trying to get Bob Weiss, who is the head of the yeah, organization, we on the show. Absolutely. Well, no, I mean, we're working on that. Yeah. We're working good, good. on that. We just got to get so, them on the calendar. Anyway, that's my little public service announcement. Yes. You know, let's let's um, pres- I, I was thinking about it because there was just an article in that one of the the oldest uh, uh, whales, uh, orcas in Puget Sound uh, is believed to be uh, passed away. Um, but he was um, 35 years old and the average age of a, a male orca is about 30 years old. So he had, okay. a, good, he had a good run. Yeah. Uh, but it just got me thinking about it. It's like, boy, just mm-hmm. be careful out there. Use your head. And, uh, you know, if you don't know much about boating, maybe hang around with somebody that does or watch YouTube videos and mm-hmm. take the classes and just become a student of it. And let's um, let's all well, and just, be I safe mean, out there. Because that is one of the things is they have been trying to do um, a large outreach program about mm-hmm. the keep Because you mentioned the keep your distance mm-hmm. um, piece, but they have increased it recently. So those are um, requirements, and mm-hmm. if you get seen by the people who monitor this t- type of stuff, you you will have have an issue. That's right. Um, That's right. So you need to keep 400 meters away uh, if you're up in the Canadian waters, and I think it's thousand it? yards. Yeah, and um, uh, I think they they might say 300 yards from. Mm-hmm. Southern resident killer whales, 400 yards out of their mm-hmm. path or behind the whales. Uh, sorry, keep your speed down. Yeah. It's actually uh, called Operation B Whale Wise, and that's mm-hmm. from the Coast Guard. Yeah, yeah. So the Coast Guard can find you. Oh, absolutely they can and will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're 100%. looking for that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I, in fact, we were coming back after spotting Yeah, it's those. 300 yards away from either side or 400 yards in front or behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I got to think they, I, in my head, they have increased that, but maybe I was looking online. I couldn't that's see that. That's from June 26, 2021. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that's the, the newest ones then. But, um, well, it also can be additional state regulations, so that mm-hmm. might be part of it. But, right. Um, and if you're within a half mile of them, you have to reduce your speed to less than seven knots. That's right. You, you slow down. Yeah. Um, I had a friend running my boat 
and he's fairly new running the boat. And um, we're coming south around Woodby Island, and um, I'm looking up, and I see a cluster of boats on the left and a cluster of boats way on the right and a big open spot in the middle. And I'm looking at my friend, and I'm thinking he's just going to go right down the middle. Mm-hmm. And we're like, so I, I, I go, what do you see up ahead? Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, I don't know. I'm just going that way. I go, why are they stopped, and why is there a big, big mm-hmm. hole in the middle? And it's like, oh, I go, don't go through the middle. Yeah. You know, so he goes off to the side. Sure enough, there's that same pot. You know, they were working their way south. And, yeah. uh, you know, but, but it's just, again, it's, it's good it's, that it's he had one you. of those things that. Yeah, it's good that you were able to give that guidance. Because if he obviously was like, well, I'm just going this way. Clearly, he wasn't paying as close of attention mm-hmm. as he could have. Right. And sometimes with these, with these um, pods, you don't see them. No, because right they're away. underwater most they're under, of the time. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, they'll, they'll go down for a minute or two, yeah. and then they're going to pop up. They're like, right. oh, there they are, you know. Yeah, but, and you don't and, know what direction they're going, uh, yeah, always. That's true. They, they can, they can they, reverse. If they suddenly see, like, a school of fish they want to go after or something, exactly. like, they're going to exactly. do what they do. <laughs> and these ones happen to be right by what's an area called Possession possession Bar, which is mm-hmm. uh, where the fish hold, and they're they're busy fishing. Yeah. They're doing their thing. They're munching. So, they're, having, anyway. they're having sashimi. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, so moving on, though, but yeah, yes. this is kind of my public service thing. Uh, I wanted to talk with you real quick about what's going on with our housing market. Um, mm-hmm. There was a, a um, housing uh, wire came out, and I believe this was Case Schiller, uh, CoreLogic Statistics, uh. talking about the top 10 states in the U.S. Mm-hmm. in terms of housing markets. And Washington is right firm in there at number five, 21.6% appreciation. Yep. Guess who is number one? Idaho. You're right. Idaho, 34.2% mm-hmm. appreciation. I have I have connections in Idaho, and they've been telling me it's been about 35. Off the it's, charts. It's been crazy. Yep. Arizona, Texas, Florida, Idaho, yep. even Montana, um, Nevada. Yep. In fact, uh, um, number mm-hmm. one, Idaho. Number two, Arizona, 26.1%. Mm-hmm. Number three, Montana, 24.3%. Mm-hmm. Number four, Utah, 23.4%. Five Washington, uh, 21.6. Vermont, 21.2. Yeah, because a lot of people in Manhattan taken off. Yep. Rhode Island, same mm-hmm. reason, probably 20.1. Nevada, 19.9. Mm-hmm. Oregon made the list, 19.7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of people going eastern Oregon. Mm-hmm. You're right, right. Yeah, absolutely. My f- go- good friend of mine in real estate moved out to Bend, and she's got she's yep. busy. And rounding out Connecticut, 19.6%. So, Spot on. Um, Top markets at risk of home price declines. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, Springfield, Massachusetts, 75% probability of a price decline. Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, same thing. Worcester. Chico, California made the list. Um, uh, less than 25% probability of a price decline. Well, that's fine. Oxnard, Thousand <laughs> Oaks, and Ventura mm-hmm. uh, right in there. Norwich in New London, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't we just have Connecticut as one of the top growing ones but it's also but that's the state not the city right you're calling out cities yep cities uh, overheated so they're Mm -hmm. looking at at getting out Uh, but uh, washington continues to be just hot 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 hot, extremely strong all over the place and not even concentrated in just one area Mm, no it's everywhere yeah yeah absolutely everywhere so um yep because of a shortage and that's why i've worked in so many counties this last (laughs) 
That's one right. to two years, eight different counties now. That's right. That's right. Still focused, you know, primarily South Snohomish to North Pierce and all the king in between. Mm-hmm. But we've been in Kitsap several times, going up to, um, was it uh, Skagit? Yep. Went all the way to Whatcom, you know, to yep. Bellingham, Mason County for you. That's right. You know, yep. like, I'm Mason County. I'm Clallam, uh, <laughs> Jefferson. San like, I, feel like, I feel like I, I need to get the state memorized. But uh, right now we're going to not have to memorize these ads coming up, but we do have to have a quick little break here on Open House with Team Reba. And thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now back to Open House with Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. So join us every Saturday, 2 to 3 o'clock. Sundays, 3 to 4. Yep, and always on podcast. Yes, go to your favorite podcast station and just look up Open House with Team Reba. And we're creeping up on 250 episodes. (laughs) Can you believe it? That went fast. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't believe it's been six years that we've been doing a program together. I know. I mean, it's been on two different stations. So, like, if someone goes and finds them, they'll hear KKOL from our original stuff. Right. And then we moved over here to KLFE. But, um, man, it's been a ride. Yeah, it has. It's been been fun. It has been. been. Fun. And, I, you know, I kept wondering, like, will I ever get tired of this? And so far, absolutely <laughs> oh, not. Fun. Well, There's always topics. We bring on great guests. I love all the different um, parts of the Pacific Northwest and the business community and mm-hmm. the volunteer, you know, kind of like volunteer organizations, nonprofits, all that kind of stuff that's mm-hmm. out there. Um, oh, and speaking of some things like that, I do want to mention. Um, they, because of, you know, opening things back up, mm-hmm. you know, around COVID and whatnot, Renton Technical College mm-hmm. will be doing our culinary event this year. Yes, again. I got the invite for that. So excited! This will be really fun. Yes, we have another phenomenal chef coming in. And um, Chef Shoda, I believe mm-hmm. it is. And he's now famous on TV, right, right, um, from right. one of the culinary programs. But um, we're doing some really exciting stif- stuff with this, Eric. I'm super excited because – so the the seats, as you know, because you've been my guest there before, uh-huh. there's only 48 seats right. in the um, demonstration theater mm-hmm. there, right? right? And they they totally morph what is normally a classroom into mm-hmm. this elegant-looking space mm-hmm. for yeah. the evening. It's a lot of fun. It's totally nice. You know, white tablecloth, and we have volunteers who serve the dinner, and that's a combination of our board mm-hmm. uh, for the foundation, as well as students who mm-hmm. volunteer their time from the culinary program, and then the students help prepare the food along with the chef. Right. He brings one of his assistants, and this year, though, because we want to open it up, and we can't, you know, we we didn't want to try and do what we did like with Angie Marr. We're going to do a virtual version where people can purchase a food kit, like those food prep kits. Oh, fun. Yeah. And so that can come with wine. So it'll be like a wine pairing along with – it's not going to be the full meal, but it'll be a portion of the meal that we'll be having served that night. So you'll get a recipe, the items to make it, some wine. So I'm really going to urge our listeners to please go to, you know, Renton Technical College website Go to the foundation. They're going to be, you know, I 
you can start looking for that information because they're going to open those tickets up soon. Sure. And it's it's a fight for the chef's table. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. It's yeah. That'll I be really fun. and I am looking at um, potentially being the main sponsor oh, for the event wow. this year. Holy cow! Yeah. Oh, very cool. Because I'm very excited about it. It's a great mm-hmm. program. It is super yeah. important, and um, you know, especially after this you know COVID year, where restaurants mm-hmm. and the people who work there were so heavily impacted. I, I think. I think we deserve, you know, these folks in these programs deserve some more support from us. Absolutely. You know, to, to keep people coming into the industry who are going to keep it moving forward and, and uh, revitalize all those restaurants. Because there was a lot of places that shut down during mm-hmm. COVID and we, yep. need, we need new places opening back up. Yeah, it's pretty crazy right now, uh, you know, just getting a table. Everything it is. Is, is fully booked. Mm-hmm. But there are some huge staffing challenges right now as, yeah. as there's a shortage of well of restaurants workers. that i so i just had a friend of mine in town and she's from the la area mm-hmm. and we went to go have dinner the other night in renton and restaurants that i've usually been able to get in no problem up till 9 p.m were closing at eight o'clock right and it's because they do they have staffing shortages um they're still trying to work around you know all those issues. That's right. Um, so it's and, and many restaurants have actually made an interesting leap into technology now because many of us are now used to using our phone to mm-hmm. have you know and frankly it's kind of nice because they don't have to have as much waste. True. Right. Yeah, that's true. You don't have to print up as many things. So you know, and you're not throwing stuff away. You know, papers not being printed. Um, so there's a lot of efficiencies around some of that. Uh, but I will say for all of us who wear reading glasses, it does create a very <laughs> interesting new challenge. <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose that's probably true. Yeah, as long as you can like <laughs> widen it on your screen, it's not that bad. But trying to go through a whole list is like, oh, okay. Yeah, harder to read. Yeah, so it's kind of fun. But um, oh, no, I'm super excited. The program's back, and I want to get our little clan of people, if possible, back back into the. Oh, the actual sure. event because yeah. I think it'll be really fun. Absolutely. So anyway, that's my PSA for today is <laughs> Renton Technical College and the culinary event. Got it. Yes. Ah, excellent. Okay. So okay, good. We were going to talk. So I'm renting space for that program, and now then I'm going to segue into let's talk about things rental. Oh wow! Yeah, good segue. Yes. I'm going to give you a. I'm going to give you a three point five on that one. <laughs> on my flex. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not but, quite styles. Yeah, there you, you go. Know? Well, <laughs> no, I think it's a good it's a good time to talk about that. You know, as people are are um, trying to get as creative as possible in, mm-hmm. in buying their their principal residences, there are still folks out there that are looking to invest mm-hmm. in 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 um, rentals and in real estate. Yes. And there are rules and strategies that go along with that. Yes. Well, there's lots of rules, but one of the articles I shared with you. So I have. So we've both got a bunch of good information. Um, some of the stuff I'm going to share with our listeners today is we've got some rental statistics that came in. Mm-hmm. You know, thanks again to Windermere Property Management for um, always sharing these kinds of details. If any of our listeners want to get access to some of this, you can send me an email at info at teamreba.com. I'm happy yep. to send out the, the reports that we receive. So we have a mid-year rental stats report. Also, there's an article that I forwarded to you that Tamara Simon, who's been on our show, mm-hmm. um, she forwarded a link to uh, a story that is in San Francisco. It's the largest payout to a renter from an owner 
to just get people to move to leave yeah so that they can have access to this unit mm-hmm. and so that's kind of it's like four hundred seventy five thousand dollars or something yeah like let's that. talk about that let's do yeah so uh so you read the article what mm-hmm. was what was your initial kind of reaction to it um my because initial... we should also set it up with like why did that happen okay yeah right? so so basically it's a wealthy san francisco couple uh, paid four hundred and seventy-five thousand uh, dollars to get their tenants to give up their longtime home in a city that has very strict rent control, and of mm-hmm. course their market rents are absolutely soaring. And when when I read that article, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is the direction that Seattle is going as yes. well. Yes, and, and and it's frightening. Yes. So let's say so the tenants was a couple in their sixties with teenage children. Mm-hmm. This still, I mean, if this had rent control, man, I'm still like, woof, because they were paying $12,500 a month for a seven-bed, eight-bath apartment consisting of two units. Yeah. However, it was on the top of a century-old building with expansive views of the Bay, the Golden Gate Bridge, and nearby Presidio Park. Mm-hmm. So it's in a very tony super, neighborhood. Super, cool area. Yes. Yeah. Very beautiful, very, uh, you know, high-end, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so in this situation, they were saying, you know, and this, this is where it does start leaning into like what Seattle has, um, down there, it says the landlords can only raise the rent on some properties a certain amount each year with the current increase pegged at under 1%. We're doing some things like mm-hmm. that here. We are trying to. Yes. Landlords yeah. cannot evict tenants without just cause such as non-payment of rent. Mm-hmm. And owners who want to move into their own single family home must pay the tenants to vacate. The maximum amount that attendance in one unit can receive to relocate, and this is again San Francisco, is twenty two thousand with an extra five thousand for households with minor children or seniors sixty and up. So you're gonna have to pay thirty grand maximum to get somebody to Close vacate. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there there is a um uh, legislation that's been bouncing around in Washington state. Uh, that essentially says as a landlord, you cannot uh, mm-hmm. uh, make somebody move without cause, even if your yeah. lease has expired. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, okay, so that also bumps into another conversation I've had with a client recently. We're about to list a property so, you know, coming up. Um, he reached out to me um, because I had sold this home to he and his wife mm-hmm. back in 2012. Mm-hmm. So good time to buy because mm-hmm. yeah. we were just starting to pick up, right? Yep. So a huge amount of equity. Mm-hmm. It's worth three times what they paid for it now. Yeah. Right? Wow. Yeah. So they're they're going to be able to walk out with about a half a million that they're going to apply. They're going to do a 1031 because they bought it as a you know primary residence and then eventually moved out to Port Orchard and turned this into a rental. Mm-hmm. So... They're now using a company called Loftium, mm-hmm. and I'm slightly reluctant to you know even give them you know <laughs> some. Right, it's right, not right. advertising. No. We're just we're just talking about it. It's a renter's warehouse and Loftium are combined because um, what their program is is if you're someone trying to rent, they work with landlords to get you a renter who will manage basically your short-term rental. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they live in the house in one portion of it and then they manage it, mm-hmm. which is, you know, an interesting concept. In, in exchange for discounted rent. Exactly. Because they're, they're basically like an on-site property manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, I would assume 
a vetting process mm -hmm. for the people who are becoming the renters, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's very similar to a short-term program that for a while, when we were dealing with not wanting to have vacant homes, especially during the housing crisis, mm -hmm. some business models popped up of like, hey, short-term renters, if you're looking for mm -hmm. something, hey, we'll put you in a house and then basically... Yeah you have your belongings be the staging. And so they would actually have to vet people's belongings. Right. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that, that was going on for a little while. Same thing. Like they'd get a lower rent for a short term stay, right. Move yeah. their stuff in and it had to stay perfectly, you know, clean mm -hmm. all the time. Right. You know, not everyone can get away with doing that and they have no. to deal with the stress of it being for sale and moving around. And, mm -hmm. but some people actually did that for a living right. for a while. Yeah. Well, right? they get to pretty much stay rent free. Just well, got to keep it clean. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is like during the housing crisis, sometimes, you know, we had uh, houses would stay on market up to 18 months. Right. Yeah. You not, know, in some so situations. Yeah. Not so. Yeah. Most of the time things are, are going pretty quickly. But, um, you know, so this this whole model is kind of interesting. But anyway, so this client's come to me and said, you know, we want to sell this place. So I think when we get back, we're going to go through a little bit of the challenges around how we're doing that, and some suggestions that I gave to him on mm -hmm. how they could approach it with this tenant. Right. Sounds good. Because there's some very specific things. Yeah. Be careful out there. Yes. And we'll be right back on Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro Eastside. And Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. You almost jumped in. No, I didn't. I heard you. <gasps> I was just you were reading an article. I up. was gasping in horror as I read it. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, hopefully in my situation with this guy, we're not going to have anybody gasping in horror. But so before the break, I was talking about I've got a client wanting to sell a property because he wants to access, like basically what he's decided is that this other company is earning money off his place. And yes, he gets, he gets money on a consistent basis, but he's, he's sure there's some upside, but what he's wanting to do is to get access to his equity and then take it somewhere else because he doesn't want to be a landlord in this environment, right? He doesn't want to have a situation like these people no, in San course. Francisco, right? Yeah, of course. So... So he's thinking, I'm going to, so the tenant though, this is what's interesting. The tenant reached out to him okay. and said, I would like to sign a two year lease with you. Yeah. And so he calls me and he's like, Hey, they're asking me this, but I want to sell it. Yeah. And so my question was, well, are they qualified enough to buy it? I said, cause I mean, I'll tell you if someone's asking for a two year lease, they would like to stay. Absolutely. They're not saying, let me ask for this and have you tell me to get the heck out they no, they want to stay there moving is stressful and and plus they like this model that they're part of right right so what i asked him is how about we do this and i gave him a list of here's some things that if you want we can approach them because if their lease is up at the end of this one particular month i'm like you have time and let me outline for you the timing and the steps of this. Because mm -hmm. as you and I both know, we don't want to rush the closing. Right. But we're like, if they can qualify, here's the deal. I'm like, yep. send them their notice in the timeline that you have to give them for notice for the end of their lease. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Let them know that you will be expecting to end the lease. Mm -hmm. Then give them 
Because he was like, I'll let them know that they have the first choice. I'm like, no, 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 mm. don't, mm, no, no, and especially yeah. not in writing. You don't right. want to make it sound like it's a right of first refusal. Yeah. No, yeah, no, sure. that's not what we're doing here. You just want to give them the opportunity mm-hmm. to see whether or not they could qualify to purchase. Mm-hmm. And if they cannot qualify, that needs to be known within a very short window mm-hmm. of time. Right. So I gave him a bulleted list of... You're going to want to send your notice by whatever time you have to for the proper time of notice. Mm-hmm. You want to give them just a couple days to acknowledge yes or no if they're interested mm-hmm. in purchasing. And then hold them to a window of getting approved, mm-hmm. right? Getting a pre-approval. Right. Because it doesn't mean that they'll be able to buy it. Right, right. But it will find out if they're qualified enough. Yeah, for sure. Right? And then we should have more than enough timeline to have the closing coincide with the end of their lease period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, oh, brilliant. Makes and I said, sense. And, and if they can't qualify in that two-week window of time, then it's a, sorry, so sad. No harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. Mm-hmm. But you've had your notice, and now you right. still have enough time to pack up and, and move on. Sure. Right? Makes sense. And so that's what we're going to do. But because of that weird situation, I remember I, I came and I asked you, mm-hmm. like, hey, can I kind of refer these folks over to you? Mm-hmm. And and you gave me some insight onto what that would look like in this type of scenario. So you want to, like, kind of cover some of that? Sure. Well, I think from the lending perspective, there's, there's kind of a couple parts of it, but the, the main one is... Like, what are their options? Right. Well, you know, of course, the first is you just buy it. I mean, you mm-hmm. just do a standard type financing. Right. If, if um, it is an owner-occupied transaction, so you're going to buy it, you're going to live in the home, um, most loan programs will not allow you to count any rent income. Right. So if I have a, a separate unit an ADU, mm-hmm. and maybe it's the basement converted to apartment, something like that, and I'm receiving rent income from that. It's you know Airbnb or something short term, or even a, a longer longer term type lease. Mm-hmm. Um, in most cases, uh, for a single family home, a lender will not count that rent to help you qualify. So okay. you have to qualify for the whole payment, you know, you know without without counting that rent. With one exception, there is a program called Home Ready, and there's a that's a Fannie Mae program. There's also a Freddie Mac equivalent program that if you are a low to moderate income borrower in King Pierce and Homish County means your income's less than about eighty six thousand, mm-hmm. we are able to count rent income, you know, from that accessory dwelling unit provided there's a history of it. So that that is a possibility. Uh, that's the only possibility. So other ones, you know, if you're occupying the property, you gotta just qualify for the whole thing on your own. It is possible to still buy homes with zero down as long as your income is at or below $165,000. So if you earn that or less, there are zero down programs available if you are you know, going to occupy the home. If you're buying it as an investment property, you're going to rent it out. The minimum down payments are going to be around 20% down. Um, there is one program with 15% down, although the rates are significantly higher. Uh, so you're, you're pretty much looking at 20% down. And okay. for those kind of hardcore investors out there, there also is a program where we don't hardcore need to, investors. Hardcore, oh my! Ooh, where we don't need to look. Can at you your, identify them on the street? I if can. They're hardcore? Yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's the stern look on their faces. Uh, oh but my gosh. Uh, well, no, this is a program which uh, we qualify simply based on the income the property generates. So we don't look at anything else. No tax returns. No pay stubs. W twos. And as long as the mortgage payment is no higher than the rent income that the property generates, 
we can we can move forward with that. So it's okay. simply based on the cash flow that the the property is generating. So uh, those are some hybrid type loan programs that are reemerging into the marketplace. They all went away when COVID hit. Now they're they're starting. They're to coming come, back. Come back. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of things coming back, mm-hmm. so I mentioned we were going to cover some of the things that uh, Windermere Property Management sends out in mm-hmm. their reports. Yeah. So we have been talking about you know as things improve, you know, employment coming back, businesses coming back, people going back to work, all that kind of stuff. Um, Some of the numbers that they provided, uh, so right now we are 41.9% fewer days on the market, meaning we're down to about um, 31 days on market. Mm. Wow. Now it's 31 to 44 because there's some other firms that, you know, Windermere's trying to say, hey, this is what makes us great. Uh, But what they're seeing is just a lot more um, yeah. renters back in the marketplace. So yep, 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 yep. vacancies are down. Um, the rent per square footage is starting to go back up a little bit. So not a huge increase, but it's up about 2.5%. Yeah. And then um, in general, just like where prices are at. And I'm, I'm wondering if that means like, where we got hit on some of the units that were the rentals out there. Yeah. Uh, Cause a lot of the high end rentals went vacant and especially as we're coming out right. of, and I think this is a big part of it is as we're coming out of the uh, moratoriums, you're probably seeing some units coming back on market that mm-hmm. would, that now can. Yep, right. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, so that they have 9.8% higher average rented price. 9.8. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so rents are going up for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is, you know, for someone who's buying, I, I mean, that's good because those sale prices are kind of nuts. I'm still seeing a lot of like small multifamily selling and almost every single one of them is the affordable housing that mm-hmm. is disappearing. Right. Right. Yeah, it's no surprise that rents are going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Well, and, and some and landlords is- are selling those units as, I mean, I've got one coming up that... I, the one we've talked about on the show before, my, mm-hmm. my NAFTA deal. Right. Like we finally got an abandonment on it and we're going to be selling it. So that's going to be okay. one more rental unit off the market. So just to summarize, that was someone that, that during when COVID hit, they, they moved back to their home country. Yes, which was Canada. Mm-hmm. And my owner lives in Mexico. That's why it's NAFTA. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Mexican national who used to work for Microsoft. Oh, gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he used to right. live here when okay. he bought it. <laughs> but the but the tenant moved back to Canada but left mm-hmm. their stuff. All their stuff is yeah. there. So we're yeah. having to follow specific protocols around storing and holding on to it for a particular period of time. And, you know, I'll... Listeners, if, if any of you are in this kind of situation and you would like me to get the same mm-hmm. attorney info for you, sure. just send an email to info at teamreba.com. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to share it on air, right. but I will share it privately if somebody has a situation sure. so they can walk you through the same yeah. protocol, of course. basically, yeah, absolutely. right? Yeah. Um, I can't give you that advice because I'm not an attorney, but I can put you in touch with the attorney. Uh, in fact, it was Ryan Weatherstone who was on our show who mm-hmm. gave me the referral to this particular gotcha. person. Oh, very good. So, yeah, yeah so uh, we have somebody. And just note to self, people, if you're trying to get an attorney to do something for you, pay the retainer fee up front. <laughs> and Because you can't, 
ask a bunch of questions and expect them to answer all of them without the upfront payment. Mm-hmm. Um, they they won't reply to you because my my, I'm my client there's a story behind. Well, this. my client was like, they're not replying. I'm like, did you pay the retainer fee? Oh, oops. <laughs> I'm like, immediately upon payment of the retainer fee, and here's your information. (laughs) I wish I could do that. (laughs) I mean, you and I have actually talked about the, you know, well, we did mention on a prior show, we will do consulting. Because the thing is, is we know a lot of folks won't necessarily always use us for for a, a particular transaction. But we often, just like in this one situation, I am going to have a listing come out of it. But I get asked to spend one to three hours mm-hmm. with people. Right. And that's there's a lot of valuable knowledge well, on you the, know, being on, exchanged. On the, I, I, just a quick note about that, though. On the lending side, um, a lender, mm-hmm. by law, cannot charge you for services uh, in anticipation. So, in other words, right, exactly. uh, a lender can't say, oh, hey, we're going to take your application and uh, we're going we're gonna to give it our best shot. You right, know, but we need you to pay us, you know, up front, you know, mm-hmm. for our effort. That's illegal. Right, can't do that. But, but yeah. you and I consult mm-hmm. constantly. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And yeah. that's that's one of the things a for different. Yeah, yeah, that's a very different kind of thing because it's like, yeah. here's my situation. What do you, you know? Where should I go? And, right. and the thing is, is like, you and I have done this with a lot of folks. In fact, I'm trying to, I'm trying to. Uh, I remember the call you and I had. We did. God, what was it? Was it three hours? We had someone we did a Zoom call with. It was two or three hours. Mm, and mm-hmm. I remember that gentleman telling us, he's like, I've been doing this stuff for a year with other people. And he goes, I learned more from you two in <laughs> this call oh, I do remember, than I had all yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and you should have been paying for it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, well. There's that. Well, we've got more open house with Team Reba coming right back up here. So stay tuned as we've got more talking about rental properties and some things that you need to know about it. Stay tuned. Open house with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now back to open house with Team Reba. Welcome back to open house with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage, and I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. That's right. We're talking about rental properties, yes. and you know if you're going to rent your property out, there's some things that you should do before you do that rental. Heck yes. And also, if you're somebody, it's not just if you're renting your property out. If you're involved in a transaction that allows extended possession period. Oh, sure. You should yeah. do the same thing. Absolutely. you got to watch those landlord-tenant laws kicking in. Exactly, because they do. in the butt. Yes. So they will. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure. Uh, you know, the first one is if you're thinking about um, uh, renting, you're, you're, you put it out for, for, you know, market the property to rent, uh, please, 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 please do a screening, a tenant mm-hmm. screening. Yes. Um, you are a business Super person. Important. You are not a social worker. Right. So it's super important that you know who it is you're renting to because um, the day you see that that tenant, you know, at that initial meeting is the best they're ever going to be. It's just kind of like a job interview, you know. Or a I first was thinking date. about that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Same thing. Any of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So people so, are on their best behavior. You hope. That's right. And as Maya Angelou likes to say, if someone shows you who they are, believe them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Absolutely. don't think it's going to get better. No, hundred percent. Yeah. Yep, yep, Listen for sure. to your gut. So, so do that screening. Make sure you're absolutely careful about about that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, do a checklist. 
Mm-hmm. You know, go through that house. You there there are lots of forms. We strongly recommend joining the Rental Housing Association of Washington, R H A W A dot O R G, and they have forms for you. There's a checklist. You can go through the condition of the property, yes. take copious notes, take pictures. Mm-hmm. Basically, have documentation of what the home looked like. Don't just leave before. them on your phone either. No. When you're taking the photos, put them in a file mm-hmm. that can be held onto. Because think about it. If if you have a year-long lease with somebody mm-hmm. and you're trying to go back and find those pictures mm-hmm. a year right. later, you might have, you know, what if something happened to your phone? Of course. What if yeah. you dropped your phone in water? <laughs> like, That's right. That's, it's a bit risky. Sure. So, and and... and don't just hold them to yourself. They need to be sh- like it should be actually shared between you mm-hmm. and the tenant, so you sure. each have the same information. Because they can't be like, "Oh, you just manufactured that and took it somewhere else." Like, no, no, no. This was the day that we did it. This mm-hmm. is when we emailed it to you. This right. was all the stuff. Right, and the checklist. You know, exactly. Is also signed by everybody, so Perfect. there's a yes. clear, clear paper trail yes. for that. Clarity is right. key. And and make sure you are following. There are some Washington State rules uh, regarding. Uh, well, all houses pretty much. You have to have a, a carbon monoxide detector. Mm-hmm. You have to have smoke detectors in, you know, on, on every floor. Uh, your hot water heater needs to have two, not one, but two earthquake straps mm-hmm. on it. So those are things that, uh, let's say that you don't have fire, uh, you know, smoke detectors mm-hmm. and there's a fire. Guess what? Liability. You're going to get your pantsuit off. That's what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Your pants so, and your shirt. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All of it. And potentially your skivvies, too. That's right. It's all. I strongly recommend umbrella insurance. That's the next thing well. I was going to say. And renter's insurance, if yes. possible, for your tenant. Absolutely. So make sure you've got you know a good, solid umbrella policy. They're very inexpensive to take out, and that just gives you an extra layer of protection. Uh, I get asked all the time, can I put the title to my home in an LLC, a limited liability corporation? And the answer is... Probably not if you are using traditional mortgage financing. So as a lender, we will not uh, vest title in an LLC. You have to be vested as yourself individually. And um, and so then the the question comes up, well, what if I do that after the loan closes? Well, you could potentially trigger a due on sale clause on your deed of trust. That's issue number one. Issue number two is your insurance may no longer become effective. You have to make sure that the that you have proper insurance coverage, you know, for that home. So oh, right. yeah. if you're thinking about about making a change like that, be sure to check with your lender and make sure it's not going to again, you know, put you in a in a precarious uh, predicament. Yes, there are a few loan programs that will allow direct vesting into an LLC, but you will pay a higher rate for those. You know, so yeah. so there's some trade offs that go along. Go and along they still, that. I would assume, even if they do that, they probably still require a personal guarantee. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to sign as an individual, uh, but um, most most you know your standard conventional Fannie Mae Freddie Mac loans will not allow uh, the title to be vested in an LLC. So right. you have to be super careful about that. Um, qualifying is is pretty easy for a rental property for a one to four unit property. Uh, what a lender does is we take the fair market rent or the current rents, if it's already rented, there's a lease history. Uh, we'll take that that fair market rent minus 25% minus your mortgage payment, and that's all you have to qualify for. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to qualify for the full mortgage payment. So that really helps because you're using the rent income to help offset you know that 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 burden, and this is how we do our financial right. calculations. So so qualifying part's pretty easy as long as you can cough up the you know twenty percent down or so that's typically required. 
uh, you know, for a rental property. So uh, that part, pretty easy. Uh, one other thing, your down payment. Where's my down payment coming from? Uh, if it's a non-owner occupied property, it cannot be a gift. Can't right. be gifted yeah. from family, can't be gifted from relatives. It has to be your own documented cash. And that one will surprise people every now and then. And it sometimes will surprise your loan officer who may or may not oh, know gosh. that rule. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not kidding. Oh, uh, no. So, so oh. Be, be super you know, careful about that. That's why we bring yeah. these things up. Oh, yeah. Quick question for you. Mm-hmm. When someone is doing a 1031 exchange, mm-hmm. 1031 tax deferred exchange, we have one of those shows sure. in our you know, podcast mm-hmm. list. Yep. Um, how do you get documentation around that? Like, what do you need from someone who's doing a, a disposition of one mm-hmm. property and then buying another one? That's a great question. Um, so Thanks. in a 10, in fact, I look up, I can't remember which episode number it is, mm-hmm. but Philip David with mm-hmm. Benash Real Estate. Benash. Benash, B-E-N-A-S-H. Yes, Benash after his daughter, ben, well, his son, Ben, ben daughter, Ashley. Right. Yes, Benash. Um, yeah, great, great show with, with um, Philip. We should get him on here again just to give us an update on some things. But mm-hmm. so basically you enter into a 1031, you're selling a property, uh, an income property, and purchasing other income property. It's a like kind exchange. Mm-hmm. The, there are timing rules and things. One is that you have to identify up to three properties that you intend to purchase. You don't have to buy all three, but you have to identify. Yep. You can identify up to three. And um, and then you ha- within 60 days of the sale. 45. Oh, excuse me, 45 days of the sale. You have a total of 180 days to complete the transaction. Mm-hmm. So once you do that, when you sell the existing property, you don't get the money. It goes to the exchange facilitator like Philip David. Right. They hold the money until you purchase the new ones. And mm-hmm. then the exchange facilitator wires the funds you know, to escrow for the purchase right. of the next property. That's episode 68, by the way. There you go. Okay, cool. So, okay, but, but my question, though, too, is many times people are thinking about selling that, rent, that first rental mm-hmm. property. Mm-hmm. And then because you have to identify within 45 days... I would assume you as a lender would want to still have seen like, cause I, when I'm talking to a couple of my clients recently, knowing what they want to do and you know, I've, I've done this with you before. Like mm-hmm. it's just like when someone's selling a house to buy a new one, we estimate what we think the sale price is going to be mm-hmm. do the seller right. net proceeds sheet mm-hmm. and then provide that to the lender to say, we sure. believe this is what mm-hmm. the number will look like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We do the same. Yeah. Okay. So you can do the same, mm-hmm. and then um, especially if it's an exchange, then we don't have to worry about right so much of. And then the exchange facilitator, once the sale is consummated, they'll they'll have mm-hmm. some documents that they provide saying this is a ten thirty one. We are holding this amount of money, which mm-hmm. is the proceeds from the sale. We've identified the following three properties, mm-hmm. and then we're going to match that up with the contract to buy the new property. In fact, right. I have a client right now that sold a home in California. He's buying. Three in Tennessee, mm-hmm. you know, which is a all part of a 1031. Yeah. And uh, he had identified all three. Right. So off we go. Yeah. Well, and I've got the reverse where I spoke with a client recently where they want to sell some in the Memphis area mm-hmm. and move the money back here. And yeah. I said, well, I need you to talk to your local agent slash property manager and find out values because I couldn't do it for him because they're going to have different closing costs there. Right. And I don't know their excise tax rates and or how that even works because in some states, the seller pays it and some the buyer pays it. Right. So you have to really know what's going on and ask questions. That's right. So. 
Well, hope that was all information good and useful for you. This There's your rent back. Busy, busy weekend. There's your, <laughs> you paid your rent for the week. And so uh, listen in every week. Uh, open house at Team Reba every Saturday, two Sundays at three. Have, Have a, a great, great weekend. weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.